This is episode ninety-one. It's called "This Trick Isn't Cheating; It's a Tool." Hello, everybody! Welcome back to another episode of A Very Bright Life. This is the podcast where we explore the roller coaster ride of raising kids and young adults who just happen to have developmental disabilities. I am Lisa. I'm Avery's mom. And in case you're new here, uh, and according to some of our podcast insights, there are some new ears here. So welcome. Bienvenue. <laughs> I don't speak French. Avery, just so you know, Avery is our 17-year-old dynamo daughter. We live just outside of Toronto in Ontario, Canada. We live with Avery's dad. I should probably say her dynamo dad, just so he doesn't get jealous. Not that he listens to this podcast. Like, let's get real. I think he gets enough blabbing from us in real time. So uh, what else? Avery has an older sibling. It's her brother, Sebastian. He's away at university. He's studying psychology, probably because of something that I did or that I didn't do. <laughs> it's always the mom. Uh, this podcast is for parents. It's for extended family, grandparents, things like that, close friends, for caregivers, all the people who look after and love our kids and young adults who have some kind of some kind of disability or medical complexity. But based on our experience, we focus mostly on intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, but you know, whoever, whoever finds a nugget of, of something helpful here, then you are most welcome. I do most of the talking here, which is shocking. If you know, you know. <laughs> Avery usually starts us off with the intro and then she'll end every episode with a joke that she does read from a whiteboard. So if it sounds like she's reading, it's because she is. And this is just how we set her up for success because people with short-term memory issues and speech disorders um, can find speaking off the cuff to be pretty daunting. So this is kind of like our method. And she also jumps in to add her own two cents in some episodes, just depends on the topic. And she is going to jump in in a bit. She's going to talk a little bit about herself. And then she's going to demonstrate how she uses magic words. Those are words that help extend or uh, stretch her sentences so she can add more detail to her conversations. I don't personally have a problem with that. I'm quite, I'm quite um, adept at adding lots of details to my conversations. In fact, I'm pretty sure there are a few family members who would like to ban me from ever using magic words. Anyway, today we're going to delve into the topic of communication, I guess, or more specifically, we're going to talk about the challenges, and there are many, of having like a phone conversation or a video call, because it can be very difficult, and it can be super awkward and quite frustrating, but I don't think it has to be that way. I mean, I don't have a 100% all the answers, but we do have some strategies that have really helped Avery over the years kind of learn how to navigate a conversation. We thought we would share some of those strategies here with you today. So let's get chatting. Hey everyone, it's a very bright life. It sure is. Your life is so bright. I gotta wear shades. We are so happy that you're here with us. Let's do this thing. And 
and we're back. Although, it's a bit touch and go there for a second. I think I ate my lunch way too fast and I experienced the most outrageous episode of the hiccups, which was weird. And the hiccups are one of my major misophonia triggers. I cannot stand the sound of hiccups. And apparently, that includes my own hiccups. So that was difficult. Anyway, where did we leave off? I can't remember. Oh my God. My friend commented on my Instagram the other day and she was like, Lisa, your podcast, I learned so much from you and I cannot even believe how eloquent you can be. So this is not one of those times, apparently. Okay, so conversation. Engaging in a conversation can be, I think it can be tricky for anybody, but then you add speech disorders and intellectual disabilities and autism and it just can be very daunting. But there are strategies that can help make these interactions more doable and even enjoyable. So here are the Coles notes if you just want to get the gist of it, but you'd like to save yourself 20 minutes. So I'm going to give you the basic strategies up front. Although if you stick around, you're going to get to hear the true star of our show, Avery, who will be chatting brightly about herself. And this is the very first time that she recorded herself independently and I think she did an amazing job. She just keeps getting better and better and more confident. And if I don't watch it, I am going to be out of a job over here. So she actually had me leave the room so she could record. And I did, of course, because of me, I snuck just a little video and I did show it to her afterwards. And she said that I could share it on Instagram. So I may do that because rock star. Okay, here are the five key points. Number one, practice. Number two, Create and use a chat chart. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. I'll tell you how you can make your own or you can just grab ours. Number three, uh, teach and learn the difference between open and closed-ended questions. And then practice turning closed questions into open questions. Like we'll do this in the car sometimes. Like if we're out running errands or something, I'll say, Avery, how was school today? And Avery will say, great. And then she'll say, that was closed-ended. So I'll say, okay, let's see if we can turn that into an open-ended question so that I can get more information about your day. And by the way, the way I, I don't know if I'm doing this correctly, but the way I explain open and closed questions to Avery would be that questions that are open, leave the conversation wide open so you can fill it with details. And close-ended questions um, close or shut the conversation down. So if the answer is yes, no, maybe, I don't know, or just, you know, a one word answer, then in those answers, there are no details after that. So the topic is closed. So that's a close, I, I don't know. It makes sense in my head. So um, number four, and this one's for parents, is step back and just let them, which that sounds very Mel Robbins-like, um, but there are going to be awkward silences. But so what? Oh my God, this Mel again. Obviously, I'm listening to the Mel Robbins podcast. Uh, But I'm learning that we don't need to fill the silences. Unless your child is really struggling and asking for help, we just need to let them work through it. Number five, you can combine a chat with an activity. So they can be chatting while also doing like playing a game or doing a craft or whatever both, both of the chatters like to do. And that's just it gives idle hands something to do. It kind of takes the focus off them and they can redirect to the activity. And for some chatters, it takes the pressure off a little bit. So that's been a successful strategy for us. Um, Yeah. So those are the strategies. I'm going to expand on them a bit in 
in a second, but I thought I would give you a little bit of a backstory as well. So Avery and her friend were doing, I don't know, like a WhatsApp chat video, or maybe it was FaceTime or something. I don't know, something like that. And they had talked for about 10 minutes. And during that 10 minutes, there were like quite a few pauses and silences. But in this case, I ignored it because honestly, I was just busy mindlessly scrolling on Instagram and I just couldn't even. Um, But I have gotten a lot better at letting Avery just sort of figure out the silences on her own instead of me constantly jumping in all like, "Um, Avery, ask her what she did at school today or like just over her shoulder spouting off like really boring things that she could ask her friends. Anyway, after the call, the friend's mom messaged me and she was like, I found it very difficult to hear my daughter struggle with not knowing what to say or what to ask. And I was like, no, I think she did really well. I said, you know, these back and forths aren't easy. It takes a lot of practice. And I think the more experience they get, the easier it becomes, the more natural it becomes. And I was telling her that, you know, we were in this exact exact same place a few years ago. And it took a ton of practice to get Avery to a place where it's more comfortable for her. And not even just for Avery being comfortable. She found it really boring because the conversations were just, just gaping, silent black holes of nothingness. So that's not exciting for anyone. And she's still not perfect. And there are still long, empty silences. But I think she's more comfortable with that. And she really tries to make whoever she's chatting with feel comfortable too. So... I decided that this might make a good podcast topic. <laughs> How are we doing so far? Uh, because other families might benefit from our experience. And so here we are. That's where this topic came from. So here are the five points ex- expanded a little bit so they make a bit more sense. So first things first, practice, obviously. Give your child lots of opportunities to talk on the phone or by video chat. Because it might seem like conversations come naturally, but they really don't. And even having a conversation in person, like that's that's tricky enough, but then holding a conversation on the phone or whatever audio thing they might be using or video call or whatever, it's even harder because the sound quality can be kind of fuzzy. There can be those weird delays or echoes or whatever, and there just aren't as many visual cues to be able to help set the tone. So yeah, this needs to be learned. It needs to be perfected with practice. And your person can just start off practicing with you. Like you could be in a different area of the house. You could be in the basement. They could be upstairs. You could be chatting to each other on the phone or they can try it with a fan, like a safe person, like a family member. Like they could maybe FaceTime grandma or a family friend and start out that way. And then also keep the chats really short, like start out just with a few minutes and that's totally fine. And then the more they practice, the easier it gets and the more natural it becomes. So that's practice. Number two, let's talk a bit about that visual cheat sheet. Or oh, sorry, wait, I don't call that anymore because saying cheat makes it sound like it's something that you shouldn't do, like it's wrong. But use, as Avery said, using a tool is not cheating. It is smart. So now we call it a chat chart. And actually, I like the alliteration better than the rhyming anyway. So it worked out for me. A chat chart is just a little guide that your person can refer to during calls. And it's just right there in eye level or eye shot. Eye shot? Eye bird's eye view? I don't I don't know. They can see it whenever they need it. And the chart has reminders on it. So it says, you know, ask three things, 
tell three things. And that's kind of the ultimate goal of Avery's conversation, to be able to ask a person three things and tell them three things. And then it provides examples. So these are things that you've come up with together that they can ask somebody on a variety of topics. And um, what I was going to say too, that if your person isn't a reader, then you can use picture cues. Like you could just have like a little speech bubble and then have you know, a question mark and then have a picture of school, a picture of a, a, a plate of food and a picture of someone kicking a soccer ball. So they can look at that and so they can see the question mark, ask a question about school, ask a question about what they had for lunch, ask a question about their soccer game or something like that and get creative with that. And the sheet also includes topics that they can talk about about themselves, like their hobbies or their interests or their achievements or whatever. And like you could encourage them to talk about their favorite subject at school and like and why it's their favorite subject. Or you could say, you know, talk about a new TV show you like or a cool project they're working on or whatever. And this doesn't just help improve their communication skills, but it also gives them a little boost, you know, a little kick to their self-confidence in a positive way. Because being able to speak about something that you know about really well or that you're proud of or you're just excited about is a nice little a little self-confidence boost. Um, and then you also want to, on the chat chart, you want to include conversation prompts like, tell me more about that, which is a really great way to help the other person add details to what they were saying. But you also have to make sure to explain to your person that their friend might not be prepared to add anything else. And that is totally fine. And then you also want to include topic extender words with this this is what we call the magic words like because and 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 also and another thing about that is and put those on the chart so that when your person kind of stops at the end of a sentence they can add a magic word and then they can extend their answers so instead of saying i like pizza they would say i like pizza because it's super cheesy and I love cheese. They could stop there or they could say, and my dog loves cheese too. And they could stop there. Or they could say, another thing about that is my dog, true story, knows whenever we take cheese out of the fridge, she can hear the sound of that particular wrapper and she'll come running. So she's taken that short little answer and she's extended with with magic words to make it more detailed and share more about herself. Yeah. So anyway, like I said earlier, Avery's going to pop on here and she's going to demonstrate how she uses magic words like because and also an and to extend her answers and add more details. So here's Avery. Hey, I'm Avery. I'm 17. Some things I like to do are talking with my friends because they're nice and funny. Also, I do cheer, which is fun. And my my friends are on the cheer team. And I go to Florida. Woohoo! 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 And I got, I'm learning to cook. So I'm practicing to cook. Bye, see you later. She was so pleased with herself, and, and rightly so. So just so you know, on a whiteboard, I started her off with, Hi, my name is Avery. 
I'm 17. Some things I like to do are. And then she just went with it. So nicely done. Now, these extenders, these magic words, they are, they're kind of next level and they do take a lot of practice. And so your, your person might not be able to add on too much at first, but it's just another thing to practice. And that's what we're doing. We're practicing all the time. I can be super annoying. She'll say something and I'll go, and, or because, but you know, the end game is worth me being annoying. So, and I'll tell Avery, like whenever I'm modeling detailed conversations with her, I tell her that I'm trying to paint a picture in her head with my words. So I'll get her to close her eyes and then I'll say, okay, here come my words. And then I'll run my fingers up her arm towards her head. And then I'll stick a finger in her ear like my words are trying to get into her head. She's really, she's so over that. She is. But anyway, but then she closes her eyes and I start to talk about like a task or something. And I'll say like, um, um, I'm, I'm going for a walk through the park by her house and the sun is shining and the sky is really bright blue and I'm walking past the swings and blah, 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 whatever. That's so freaking boring. But at the end, and I'll keep it relatively short, and I'll say, can you see that picture in your head that I painted with my words? And sometimes she'll say yes. So the point is, I'm trying to get her to understand that the more details you give, the more relevant and vivid details that we add to our stories, the clearer the picture is that the listener's going to get. So that's the goal. Oh, I posted a PDF copy of our chat chart on our website. So you can go ahead and grab one for yourself and you can feel free to use it as is, or you can just use it as a guide or a template. So you can make one that's maybe more aligned with your child's interests. And then what was the next thing? Oh, about open and close. I think I already covered that about trying to encourage your child to ask as many open-ended questions as possible because close-ended ones don't get you very far. So I think I covered that. And then the next one was, oh, just let them. Just let them go. Don't worry about the awkward silences because there are a lot of awkward, lengthy silences. And I, I personally find them extremely awkward. And I'm forever jumping in, trying to add stuff to fill in the silence, right? But my my older child, my 20-year-old, the psychologist, he he assures me that they're not awkward. I just, I just make them awkward, which is basically the story of my life. When I was in my 20s, I remember saying to a friend, I was like, you know, one day there will probably be like little teeny tiny TVs that we can carry around with us. And I was quite excited about that. And I was like, and maybe our phones will have video screens so that we'll be able to see each other when we talk. Could you, could you imagine? Like, I couldn't believe this could be a thing. And I found it extremely horrifying at the time because like, how intrusive, like it's your basic introvert nightmare. And now here we are and not everyone is comfy and cool with it. But um, my daughter seems to prefer seeing over just hearing who she's chatting with, which makes sense because she gets more sensory input, which makes perfect sense. Um, but our kids aren't as like chatty chat phone talkers like we used to be. They do a lot of video calls or they chat on like apps like Discord, which I still do not really understand what that is. And they'll just like hang out together on a call, like not really saying anything. Like maybe they're just watching a movie together or maybe they're playing a video game or something. But it's not a, a dedicated conversation like back in our day. 
My God, I'm old. But we all know the struggle of awkward silences and just trying to keep the conversation flowing. But it's totally okay to have those quiet moments. It is. I don't like it, but it, it's it's okay. Have you watched Love on the Spectrum? I've talked about it in previous episodes. Season two is out right now. Oh my God, I just love that show. Avery and I watch it together, which it's so good. Though it does bring up some questions from her about like who she's going to date and when she's going to get married and where is she going to find a boyfriend? Ugh. I mean, it's good to have those, those discussions and to be open about it because she's clearly thinking about it. I guess, I guess me pretending um, that she's my baby and just avoiding the idea isn't doing any of us any favors. So we're continuing to have those discussions. But anyway, a great takeaway from the latest season of Love on the Spectrum was from this autism dating coach who told one of the cast members that she said, you know, he was so worried about going on a date and having an awkward silence. And she's like, it is okay to say, I can't think of anything to say right now, but I'm really enjoying spending this time with you. I thought that was so great. It's such a powerful way to be able to navigate those moments and keep the conversation alive, but feel safe and secure, I think. Anyway, speaking of awkward silences, (laughs) I have a story I want to share, but I can't because I don't have permission. But oh my God, I nearly peed my pants listening to this trio of kiddos chatting. And um, yeah, I can't. But I can tell you this. In that same conversation, Avery had created this Google chat, or maybe it was Discord, I don't know, one of those chats, and she had created a link so that they could join and and all chat together, which I was so impressed because I don't know how to do that. Anyhow, one of the group members joined, so for about five minutes, it was just Avery and this other person, and it was so incredibly awkward. Like It was just the two of them looking at each other and no one saying anything, and I struggled really hard not to jump in and, you know, add suggestions of things to talk about. Anyway, so then the other group members joined and it kind of took the pressure off and they were all chatting quite happily. It was great. Great practice. I learned some things because I do, I should add this too, I do listen from afar. I believe in giving my person privacy. However, safety always outweighs privacy uh, in our house and um, I have to have my ears open because, you know, the conversation can suddenly take a turn Um, to more adult topics. And especially if there's video involved, you just, you have to do your due diligence as a parent, which sometimes means you'll be subjected to an hour of just doll chat, all dolls all the time. And it'll be really boring. And uh, you would rather listen to your your dirty secret podcast that you like listening to, but you can't because you have to be aware of what's happening in case you need to jump in and help. Um, And when I say help, I'm not talking about giving them words to fill in the silences. I'm talking about help, like turn a conversation around if it gets um, bullyish or, you know, adult suggestive, et cetera, et cetera. And as tempting as it is, you know, to fill in the chatter, we need to give our kids the the space to be able to think for themselves and to respond because silence really isn't the enemy. Although for me, it feels like it is sometimes. But if your child is really struggling and needs a a lifeline and they're asking for help, of course you should step in. But sometimes uh, those pauses can lead to the most genuine moments and to the most growth. So we got to leave those there. So anyway, check out the post on our website with these tips and there's that chat chart and just keep practicing and model open-ended questions and answers and use magic words and 
show your kids how to treat a conversation like it's a back and forth tennis match where you're lobbing questions and answers back and forth. And definitely sit in on some of the conversations in the beginning and act sort of like a a facilitator. But then you want to slowly back off until they're completely on their own. Um, And the final tip I would say is remember that doing all of this at the end of the day when our kids are done might not be the most effective situation. You want to try practicing all of this when they're fresh and you want to let them know that it's totally fine to use the cheat or the, sorry, the chat, what did I call it again? The chat chart. And it's a tool for them to use whenever they need it and tell them that silence and mean it when you say that silences are okay. And even though I can't personally stand them and I'll probably ramble and fill them with nonsense just to avoid the awkward void until the day I die. I'll probably be on my deathbed just struggling to share like a quip or like ask, what did you have for lunch? Just to fill the deathly quiet. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, as you and your person are practicing these communication skills, just be patient, be creative, and just enjoy it, I guess. So if you have any strategies that you find helpful, if you'd like to share those with us on social media, um... Let's just keep chatting and sharing our resources and being the incredible community that we are, okay? So until next time, just keep being great and I will catch you on the flip. I don't know why I said that. Okay, here's Avery. Avery, your joke is making me very hungry. Say, mom. Okay, go for it. How do you measure a taco in inch eladas? Thanks for listening. Your support means so much to us. So thank you for sharing the podcast and for cheering us on. It is amazing to see this bright, beautiful community growing in this way. If you have a question, an episode suggestion, or you just want to say hello, we would love to hear from you. So reach out on Instagram or send us an email. Or you can show off your techie prowess by leaving us an audio message by clicking the message button on the Spotify for Podcasters homepage. That link is in the show notes and on the podcast page on the Very Bright Life website. If you liked what you heard today, please consider leaving us a review. More positive comments and five-star reviews nudge the algorithm to deliver this content to more ears. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat with you again soon.